Welcome to Pushing Back the Dark with Lacey Buchanan. I'm so glad you're here to walk this journey hand in hand with me as we strive to walk worthy of our calling as mothers, wives, women, and image bearers of God. I look forward to living out our purpose together as we keep on pushing back the dark. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on Pushing Back the Dark. I am Lacey Buchanan, and today I have a very special guest with me. Um, I'm so excited to introduce you to him. Um, Before we do that, I just wanted to remind you guys um, about our new website. Check it out at LaceyBuchanan.com. Find me on social media for lots of cute pictures of my children and my pets um, and just life in general. Um, and, um, to keep up with all that's going on in our life, we've had a lot of fun things happening. Um, yesterday, my family was licensed, um, to provide foster care services in the state of Tennessee. So super exciting stuff. I'm going to be, um, sharing my experiences with that along the way to encourage other people to foster, um, if, if they're led to that. So that's going to be lots of fun. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, um, and also on Patreon, um, and you can find me at Lacey Buchanan on most of those, or Christian and Lacey Buchanan on Facebook. Um, so with that out of the way, thank you so much for being here. Um, let me give you guys just a quick introduction um, about our guest today. Um, my friend David is here today to um, talk with me, and um, I wanted to tell you guys sort of a little bit about how I know David. A lot of you guys know that Tons of my Facebook friends um, are people that I never met in real life until um, Christian's video went viral. Um, and I have met so many friends. I have so many friends now that I would never have known otherwise. Um, and so I don't remember exactly. David might have, if David remembers, he can tell you. But I don't remember exactly um, how we met through social media. But um, David actually lives fairly close to me within about two hours And we were traveling for a weekend um, to his area when Chandler was a pretty small, a baby, I think, Um, maybe a little bit bigger. I can't remember. And um, so we um, had dinner with David and got to meet up with him. um, And that was awesome. And so we've kept in touch ever since. um, And we talk um, uh, from time to time just about um, different things going on. And um, sorry, my cat was doing something in the background, kind of scared me a little bit. Um, So, excuse me. So David has started a ministry um, that I wanted to share um, with you guys tonight. And I thought, what um, a better way to share it with you guys than to have David come on and um, talk about it and talk a little bit about his life. Um, And I'm not going to um, share too much about it because I want you guys to hear it from him. Um, um, But one cool thing that connected David and I is that David also lives with um, a difference. And so he has over the years shared insights with me um, about um, just life and Christian and um, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, So David, tell everybody hello. Hello, everybody. Great to be here. Thank you. It's a privilege. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, David. Um, Let's just jump right in. Um, excuse me, to what I wanted to talk about um, tonight. I do want to talk about your ministry, but we'll leave that until the end so that as people are logging off, they can go find you. Um, So, okay, so let's just dig in um, to what I wanted to share with everybody tonight. I I wanted to start with 
Um, if you don't mind giving everybody just a little bit of an explanation um, about um, your difference, um, your disability, if you will. And I'll, I'll ha- have a really cute picture of you and Christian um, when we met up um, that I'm going to share with this blog post. Um, so everybody will be able to um, put a, a face to the name. But if you don't mind, go ahead and just describe for everybody sort of what your difference is so they can kind of know who you are. I was born in 1974 with severe and multiple birth defects to my feet, hand, and face. Um, doctors do not know what caused the birth defects. We know that uh, there was no negligence on the part of my parents. There was no uh, genetic problems with them. They've had healthy children. Uh, I was told that if I had had children, there would be no greater chance of them having birth defects than any other person that would have a child. So we don't know other than that God created me this way, um, why I look the way that I do. Um, I've had uh, dozens of reconstructive surgeries to my face and my hands to get me looking the way that I do today. So, yeah, so for those of you who follow us on Facebook, you can probably see why David and I are friends, because it's just almost word for word what I could say about Christian um, as well. Um, so we talked about when you were born. Let's move on sort of. I'd like to just talk about your childhood just just briefly. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, what it was like growing up being you, um, you know, your relationship with your parents? Can, can you talk about any of that for us? Well, my, my parents, uh, they split when I was about three years old, and, uh, but they both were very active in my life. I lived with my mother and my sister, and both of my parents found it uh, very important to raise me as if I'm no different than any other child. Uh, they wanted me in normal school. They wanted me in, when, when I started uh, taking an interest in sports, they wanted me in the normal sports leagues. And so uh, I was raised to know that I'm no different than any other child. And uh, that helped instill a lot of uh, confidence and strength in me. That's awesome. And and what are your like memories um, of like your time in school and sports and those types of um, activities? Well, I, I, I look at one thing that my mother did when I was five years old. Uh, my school had a talent show, and my mother recognized that I had uh, both a, a good personality and a good memory. And she had me memorize a five-minute monologue, and she put me on stage in that talent show all by myself for five minutes in front of 500 people that were mostly adults. And I got a five-minute standing ovation. And... I look back on that and and she did that many, many times uh, after that was such a success. I look back on that and I see that she was both wise and courageous to put me on stage uh, in that situation, looking the way I do. And uh, when you have, when you're five years old and you have 500 adults give you a five minute standing ovation, it uh, puffs up your confidence quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, I've always been of the opinion myself of putting Christian out there. As most of you guys know, I've been putting him out there for, you know, his whole life and not hiding, you know, him away, um, not allowing 
um, you know, our family to shrink away because the world, the world can be a really nasty place. Um, if you don't look like everybody else, um, and which is funny. Um, so side note, I have this scratch under my eye guys, and it has made my whole eye swell up and it's red underneath and it it looks like I got punched in the eye. And I told David when we started recording this, that I wasn't going to turn my camera on because it looks so bad. I mean, it looks like I'm, I've been injured. Um, and I, I don't even know what happened. I woke up two mornings ago and it was just like this. Um, and I, I'm like thankful for masks right now because I can cover it when when I'm out in public. Um, and, and because I know how cruel people can be, um, you know, we've heard it all. And David, I'm sure you have too. I'm sure you've heard your fair share of the negative comments about your appearance. Oh, I've heard, I've heard everything you can imagine. And especially when I reached adolescence and uh, took an interest in girls and I had the confidence to go after every girl that I ever wanted. And I can honestly <laughs> say that I did that. And that ought to be enough for the listeners to know that I've had every cruel thing in the world done to me at the hands of girls. But I never regretted pursuing who I wanted and what I wanted in life. Yeah, that's awesome. That unshakable confidence. That's what I want for Christian one of these days. And he's a pretty confident little guy, but you know, he's still only nine. He's got, he's got growing to do, but I want to keep that confidence going for him. So that's awesome. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you know, they want to know, like, I'm sure there's, there's no secret, you know, there's no magic thing that you can do. Um, But are there other things that you can think of that your parents did that you feel like contributed to that confidence building? Well, they treated me normal. They, always taught me that I was normal. And, and again, um, they never let me think that I couldn't pursue what I wanted and who I wanted in life. And uh, when my, my dad took over raising me after my mother died of cancer when I was 14, uh, there were two words that I was never allowed to use in my dad's house. And those words were, I can't. Uh, I wasn't even allowed to use them in a uh, subtle conversation. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit more about your dad. Um, so I found this out about you when we were discussing what we were going to talk about for the podcast. Um, and, and, you know, the things we were going to touch on, um, you, um, growing up were not raised in a Christian home, correct? The first 13 years of my life, which I was with my mother, I was not raised in a home of any faith or spirituality whatsoever. And then when my mother died and I moved to live with my dad at 14, uh, he did take me to church. Uh, That was something that was very important to him. However, uh, we were what I call a church going home. It wasn't a home where I was taught the gospel. There was no evangelism. Um, I came to know the gospel and came to accept Christ as my savior as the result of two classmates in high school during my senior year. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, um, I was raised in a family where we would go to church on the big holidays and, uh, you know, Easter and Christmas and, and we had Bibles tucked away neatly in a drawer that didn't get open very much, you know, um, and things like that. Um, so I, I think that, it's so easy, especially where we live in the Bible Belt, to to slip into those patterns where church going and religion is more of a culture 
than a, than a religion. Um, and I, I, I can so, um, understand that. Um, so tell me about a little more about your senior year of high school and sort of what, you know, what these classmates did, what led you, um, to follow Jesus? You know, I was a senior in high school. I, um, was on an emotional roller coaster like a lot of teens and, um, girl problems, not, not with the girl that I wanted to be with. And, um, this guy, Kenan came outside one day during my lunch and sat down with me and, uh, showed me unconditional love, the love of Christ. And Kenan gave me his phone number and we started talking on the phone and he would spoon feed me the Bible, which is, I had never read the Bible, didn't, didn't know any verses at all. And he would give me verses to read in my own time. And, um, another guy, Rick, he did the same thing. And, um, one night in my bedroom alone, I was reading a gospel track that Rick had given me earlier that day. And I believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. He rose from the dead for me. He gave his life for me. So I gave my life to him. Awesome. That's great. The power of just teenagers. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so once you graduated high school, um, moving into those adulthood years, um, tell us a little bit about like what, what life was like then. Um, and you, you know, you were a baby Christian and coming into adulthood. So that, that kind of had to be a, um, a weird combination. Well, I immediately, um, was on fire for God and wanted to dedicate my entire life to evangelism. Uh, I wanted the role of an evangelist to be my livelihood, not because I wanted to make a lot of money doing it, but I wanted to be able to devote all of my time doing it. So that was what I pursued. And uh, unfortunately that did not work out as I'm not um, making my living in ministry, but I went on mission trips to France and Honduras and Switzerland and Italy and uh, some domestic trips and, did some uh, high school youth rallies that I organized uh, with a Christian rock band and I preached the gospel. So um, that was what the nineties were like. That's awesome. I I want our listeners to hear that um, the significance of that. Those of you who may not have like a child with a disability, what I heard being the mom of a child with a disability was that this child with a disability grew up and, traveled the world sharing the gospel. Um, And I think that's incredible because I think every parent of a child who has some sort of a disability or difference worries about, I know I do even more worries about their child's future more than they, they, you know, I worry more about Christian's future than I do Chandler's. Um, And I worry about them both, but Christians just significant, significantly more about, um, just the opportunities that are going to be out there for him. I don't worry about him and his motivation um, and his confidence because he's getting there, but I worry about the world and and the opportunities it's going to have for him because the world is cold and hard for people with disabilities. I've seen it with my own eyes for the last almost 10 years. Um, So that, so when you were saying that, that's what I was hearing. Um, And I think that's incredible um, because I've not even done that. (laughs) You know, Um, I've never traveled very far outside of the United States, honestly. Um, 
So I think that's just incredible. Um, so you didn't get to have your dream job of evangelism, um, but you do have a pretty cool job, I think. Um, if you don't mind, tell everybody. I, I would want to know this. So tell everybody what you do for a living. Uh, for 20 years, I've been a police dispatcher and 911 telecommunicator for six local law enforcement agencies here in Tennessee. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, and you've made a, you've made a career out of that. Um, but um, you have um, on the side um, that it, it's not a it's not a full time job, but I'm I'm guessing it takes up quite a bit of your time because. I do, you know, sort of the same thing. Um, but you, you do have a ministry that you run, um, I guess in your, in your free time. Um, so I think this is the perfect time to segue into that. David Stenchka Ministries is a Facebook page where I use Facebook to put out the gospel via sponsored posts. I pay Facebook to put the gospel out there. Uh, it is a ministry that I operate. Uh, 17 hours a day. So it is a full-time job. Uh, I've been doing it since January of 2020, putting the gospel out to tens of millions of people. Yeah. And do you have any idea like how many people you've reached since January of last year? Do you, I mean, if you don't have a guess, the, that's fine, but. The, the gospel, according to the, the stat sheet that Facebook gives me, my gospel message has been in between 12 million and 14 million news feeds. Um, unfortunately, only about 3 million people have read it, at least given an indication from likes, comments, and shares that they have read mm-hmm. it. Interactions, we logged, yeah. We logged uh, 10,000 professions of faith in 2020. I think that's incredible. When you said only 3 million, I almost giggled. That's incredible numbers. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Cause you're just, you're just posting on Facebook. Um, you're just, you know, using a social media platform and social media can be so powerful. Um, and that's, that's just incredible. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, we've talked about your career. We've talked a little bit about your ministry and, and I want to get a little more into that in just a minute. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, adult life and, and living with a difference in a disability. Um, I'm assuming that this confidence that your parents built in you, um, you know, that that has been that stuck with you. Um, I know that your faith has stuck with you. Um, so just talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, for our listeners, just sort of um, your life in general and, and just living as who you are? Well, um, definitely the confidence my parents gave me has helped and my faith in Christ has helped more than that because I don't believe in self-esteem. I believe in Christ esteem, uh, having confidence because of who I am in Christ. Uh, a lot of things that I wanted, uh, did not turn out. I wanted, marriage and family and those things didn't turn out and they caused uh, a lot of heartache and uh, a lot of questions but it comes down to what God says about himself in Psalm 1830 it says as for God his way is perfect so when things haven't worked out in life or when things aren't working out in life for one of your listeners it comes down to asking yourself 
when God says, as for God, his way is perfect, is he telling the truth or is he a liar? Because it doesn't matter what you think or how you feel about what's going on in your life. It's all a matter of trusting God and his word. So I've clung to that and been seeking the Lord. It's my will is not what matters. My glory is not what matters. God created me. Then he redeemed me with the blood of his son. Then he recreated me when I got saved. I am his. He can use me as he wants to. So every day of my life now, I'm just surrendered to here I am to do your will. That's awesome. And when you were saying that, I I can just understand exactly what you mean. Um, As far as, you know, when God says no, when God doesn't give you the things that you want, because um, I, I was thinking back to when I was pregnant with Christian and we knew what the doctors had said and we knew what we were being told and we were just crying out to God um, to just fix it, you know, just, just make this okay. Make, make our, you know, our son. Okay. And um, you know, I believe fully that God spared his life, um, but he didn't just fix everything for us. He didn't just, you know, magically somehow heal Christian and, and everything was okay. We went through the deepest, darkest depths of heartache um, in in grieving all of the losses of Christian's vision, of um, Christian's health, um, of you know the the time in the hospital, so many things, and um, you know. But there are so many other ways that that people might be grieving as well. I know. Um, pregnancy loss, um, and, or, or, you know, the loss of a, a loved one, especially right now during this pandemic, or, you know, like you said, um, you know, desiring, um, a a spouse or a companion and not having that loneliness is, uh, I, I hope that people don't hear that and think that sounds futile because loneliness is, um, is a horrible thing. Um, I mean, I think God made humans for companionship with each other, um, in all sorts of relationships and loneliness is, is difficult. It's not, um, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to hear that and, and think that there's a reason to even like compare people's pain levels because, um, it's all painful. Um, and God doesn't always fix it. Um, but you reached that point, I think in the same way that I did with Christian in where you, you get to that crossroad and you have to decide, am I going to trust God? with this or am I not? Because those are my only two choices here. Um, and you, you, you know, you make your choice and it sounds like you made the right choice here. Um, in just trusting God with whatever he had for you. Um, do you have any advice for people who are listening, who maybe are struggling in that difficulty right now in something that God has said, um, you know, I know that this is your heart's desire, but this is not what I'm going to give you. Um, how, how did you, or, or if you have advice for the listeners, how would you advise for people to get to that point? Um, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying get to the point where it doesn't hurt because it, it always hurts, right? It still hurts. Um, but you get to that point where even when it hurts, you have this peace and this confidence and this trust that God has it under control and that he knows 
better than you what's best for you. I rest in the fact that God is sovereign. He makes no mistakes. We we call what Christian and I have birth defects, and I get it, but we call them that because there's really, I can't even think of a better term for it, but they're not birth defects Yeah. because that would mean that something went wrong in the creation mm-hmm. process. And Psalm 139 says, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. I am exactly as God wants me to be. God created me the way he did, knowing in advance that my appearance, the way he designed me, was going to be at the center of every heartache, hardship, and disappointment that I would ever face in life. But he still went ahead and did it. Why? I don't have all of the answers to that. So I revert back to the word of God to keep me faithful and to keep me strong. God says that he is good and does good. God says that his ways are perfect. So I don't rely on my emotions I re- on when it comes to how I feel about God and how I see his plan for my life and the way it's going. I base my belief in God solely on what he says about himself. Either he's telling the truth when he says he is perfect. Either he's telling the truth when he says he is good. Either he te- says either he's telling the truth when he says he knows what he's doing or he's a liar. And I know that he's telling the truth. Yeah, absolutely. That is powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful stuff. Um, You know, I I think I can say that I have been there uh, myself. And I think a lot of people who um, are listening will be able to relate because um, if, if for every person on earth, if you haven't been there yet, you will one day reach the darkest, lowest day of your life. It it will happen. Um, And that's when you just, you have to, I don't know how people survive it without um, God to sustain them through it because I've had people say, Oh, Lacey, you're so strong to get through this. And I think people might say the same thing about you, you know, um, Oh, David, like that confidence that you have and that faith that you have, like you're such a strong person for um, going up against what you've been up against, but, um, but, and and you faced it head on and, and you, you know, you've, you've been successful through it, but I think you and I both know that our success had nothing to do with us (laughs) and our, our ability to stay faithful to God um, didn't have much to do with us either. And our ability to get through those difficult times and come out on the other side, trusting God um, wasn't because we had some extraordinary extra human personality trait about us. Right. Um, it's because for me anyway, and I'll let you speak on your, your, um, personal, um, you know, experience. But for me, it was, I had hit rock bottom and I had nowhere else to go. Um, you know, and, and I always think about the verse I was to the point, um, you know, the verse that, that says, um, one of the disciples, um, said, 
um, where else will we go? Because you hold the words of life and he was speaking to Jesus. And I was there. I said, where else do I have to go? I have nowhere else to go. This is it. Um, and, and I, I'm, you know, it, there's nowhere else that I can even look to right now for, for any sort of help. And, um, and it was, it was all God. It was all his provision. It was all his strength working through my weakness. Um, not some inherent strength that I have. You're correct. In, in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus tells my favorite passage about the two men and both men represent everybody on earth. The man that built his house upon the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it did not fall for it was founded upon the rock. That person built their life upon the word of God, but they still experienced the storms of life. Yet in the end, they were standing as for the unbeliever. They're the person that builds their life upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. You have a choice to learn and live the word of God or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's the the perfect um, example um, of what we've been talking about. Um, Well, uh, this has just been fantastic. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your ministry before we go, because I want people to sort of know where to find you. But um, I, I wanted to know if you have any um, future plans for your ministry page, um, you know, any direction that it's heading, um, how people can interact with you on social media. You care to share any about that? You can find me on Facebook at David Stinchcomb Ministries. That's David, S-T-Y-N-C-H-C-O-M-B-E, Ministries. Um, Right now, I need finances to do what I did in 2021, what I did in 2020. Um, Putting the gospel out there to tens of millions is very expensive. But um, it's been so worth it because we had, like I said, 10,000 professions of faith and um I just want to continue doing that, continue doing follow up with the people that have made decisions for Christ and are following my page. I want to disciple them as best I can. So I'm just going to continue doing this as long as I have the resources to do it. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, all right. Um, well guys, I I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, before we do, David, do you mind praying for our listeners today and anybody who's heard this podcast? I would be privileged to let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to testify about you. Father God, I pray that I have been out of the way of this podcast and that your son Christ has been exalted. Father, I pray that if there be anyone listening to this that does not know Jesus, that they would come to know him today as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that everyone that's listening to this would be given the strength to live the word of God, to live out their faith, God. And for those that have children with special needs, God, that is a major challenge. And I just pray that you give them wisdom and direction in how to raise their children, which you have given them as a stewardship because they are really your children, Father. And again, we just 
lift up your son, Jesus, and make much of him and praise him and adore him. We love him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, David, for being here. And thank you to my listeners today. I am so excited that you are here. I'm so excited to watch this podcast grow. Um, please stay tuned. I post a podcast every other week right now in the future. I hope to get to every week. Um, but for now, I'm posting a podcast every other week. So check back uh, in about two weeks for a new podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful, blessed day.